The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. Today we're going to be discussing a topic that can be both challenging, but yet also you can find the gifts and the awareness and the oneness that exists in all things. You can see the bigger picture. And if you can get through sometimes what the human side of us has to go through, you can recognize the divine that is in all things. You have two choices when it comes to dealing with tragedy. You can either let the grief consume you and ruin your life altogether, or you can choose to survive and become stronger, become a better person because of what you've been through. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Jennifer Scalise, and she has chosen the latter. She has written a book entitled A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond. Jennifer's daughter, Brooke, uh, had lived for 12 years, and at that point, she reunited into oneness. And this is a really poignant, beautiful book that is a commemorative memory, but also a heartfelt journey of the mother, the people surrounding Brooke, and just a community and how all things unfolded. To start off this show, I would like to read a message from above, from Brooke. Nobody expected it. Nobody prepared for it. Nobody imagined facing something so tragic ever, and nobody anticipated the impact I would have on others even after my time on earth had ended. I know that to most, 12 sounds too young to die. On the other hand, many now think of me as an old soul, wise beyond my years. My mom always said that I was mature for my age. My parents often had to remind me, we are the parents. I lived a full life, and in a short time I did so much. Maybe I experienced life differently than most children my age. Maybe age is not determined by how we think. I believe there's more to it than just the number of years you've been physically alive on earth. I think your physical age must be considered as well as the number of years in your planned lifetime. For instance, a 20-year-old who will live to be 90 is still very young at 20, but a 12-year-old who will only live to be 12 has lived a full life. Sometimes people, especially children, have difficulty expressing what they feel inside. I found writing. It was my outlet and a way to communicate my deepest thoughts. My family didn't see most of what I wrote until after I passed. I'm thankful my letters and journals were there to give them needed strength during this difficult time. I think of my writing as a precious gift to my loved ones, and I'm honored to share it in these pages. 
I always had great passion for life, and I can honestly say I made the most of it. I tried to be the best I could at whatever I did, and I worked hard to abide by the golden rule. I had fun in life, laughing and loving as often as possible. I was a straight-A student. I tried to be a good role model for other children. I was not hung up on insecurities or vulnerable to peer pressure. In fact, I really didn't concern myself with what anyone thought about me or how silly I looked. It was all about loving life. From a very young age, I felt a deep connection with God. I did not go to church often, and my family was not very religious, but God's presence guided my life, and I had amazing faith. My leaving this world came as a complete shock to many, but not to God. He knows the end from the beginning. Deep down, my soul knew, too. As hard as it is for those who love me to accept, I was prepared for my journey home. While I miss my loved ones very much, I'm so thankful for our almost 13 beautiful years together on earth. Even though I'm no longer by their sides physically, I'm forever with those I love. This is part of a beautiful letter that opens up the book, A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond. This is a true story, and it's written by the mother, Jennifer Scalise. And when you go through this, what you do discover is innocence, faith, trust, and beauty. I'd like to welcome Jennifer Scalise to 11.11 Talk Radio. Thank you. Hi, Jennifer. Excited to be here. Wonderful to have you here. And, you know, just reading that and just talking about the beauty of this book and the beauty of this child and this journey, you know, my heart welled up with emotion and my eyes filled up. And it's amazing what you may have had to experience, but it's amazing the wisdom of this child and the connection that she had and the faith that she had. She is, she is just, she's an amazing child, and I am so blessed to have had the years that I did to be her mom, and, you know, she summed it up very well when I came home and got home from Costa Rica and found a letter in her room. One of the very first things after the accident, though, was a note that she had left that she had written two weeks prior that said, Please help my mom understand we were made for you, that she had written to God. So I, I know that Brooke is something I have to share with others. And she is absolutely an inspiration. And I love to see the letters and the people whose lives that she touches and um, what she has done for so many people. And I've gone on to find incredible peace because of her. She has led me on this journey that... I only wish that I could take other parents or anyone suffering from grief and help them experience what I have and be able to feel what I feel and what Brooke has helped me be able to be able to experience from within and what she's guided me to to find in my own soul and just this this peace and love that I've found through her. Well, and I want that's what I want most to give the listeners on the show today is some of that experience of the journey of how you transform such loss and pain and grief because it's hard, you know, we all intellectually know that we are divine spirit and that this is an illusion and that we have a greater purpose and that we are all connected and that everything is, is still there. But when you have to physically face that loss and experience that emotionally, that intellectual side kind of 
goes out the window. You don't want to see things in that way. You want to feel your pain. So set the story first of how this all unfolded, because it was a tragic accident that need not happen, how this unfolded, and how the synchronicity and the divine messages were literally just planted there for you to find to help you come back to healing. Well, it, it starts from the very beginning, actually, where I can look at even the planning of this, of this trip, where initially we had planned to go to Cabo, and some friends came along and had invited us to go with them to Costa Rica, and the only week that they could go was the week that we were supposed to be in Cabo. And so I asked Brooke, because she had a love for travel, and we did a lot of travel over the years, and so I asked her, I said, Brooke, what do you want to do? Brooke ran upstairs, and she was very passionate, you know, about anything that she did. She was extremely excited um, when she came running back down. She had been on our computer. She said, oh, Mom, we have to change. We have to go to Costa Rica. We absolutely have to go there. So much to do, so many things. And so it was completely Brooke's choice from the very beginning. And and I will say that um, we, we absolutely had the best days of our lives together. Uh, we had nine just incredible, amazing, beautiful days that I share with the readers that Brooke laughed, and her spirit was so free, and she she had so much fun with all of her family and her dear close friends, and all the way up to the very minute of the, the tragedy, everything that happened happened in a way that it was kind of as if deep down our souls knew. Uh, that night before the accident, you know, we really didn't have a lot of alone time because we were with another family. There were a lot of kids. We were staying in a four-bedroom condo. So Brooke and I didn't have a lot of one-on-one where we were very used to one-on-one time. And coincidentally, the night before, she had left her jacket somewhere that we had gone. And so she and I had to leave to go back and get in the car and drive down to go get her jacket. And so we had an opportunity to have 20 minutes of alone time together and talk, which I really cherish just those 20 minutes now. And that morning I had gone in and kissed her, and I'm not a morning person. And for me to um, go in and grab her and kiss her and hug her in the morning when we're rushing to catch a tour at 8 in the morning is, is not typical of me. And I went in and grabbed her and kissed her and told her how much I loved her and how she was the best daughter ever. We laughed. We had the best day, just absolute best day. I mean, she just smiled and she danced, and you see the videos as she dances in front of the camera with just an absolute beautiful smile that you can see that she was loving life to her fullest. And she hadn't talked to her dad in several days because of um, us traveling and just the poor connections and that, and they hadn't talked in pretty much the whole trip. They had they had not spoken for whatever reason. When we stopped for lunch, um, when the tour was done, right before the accident happened, I told her, I said, Brooke, you need to call your dad. And she said, oh, Mommy, I'll call him when we get back to the resort. And I said, no, Brooke, you need to call your dad. You need to call him right now. And she, she says, no, Mom, I'll wait. And my little one, who was six at the time, says, oh, Mommy, I want to talk to my daddy. So... I called, and um, they all spoke with their dad, all three kids, and Brooke had an opportunity to tell her dad how much she loved him, and I was so thankful that for whatever reason, I had that premonition to want to make her call him, and it, it was Brooke that I was telling, not the other two kids. It was Brooke that I said, you need to call your dad. 
And um, it was within a half hour of that that the um, I was on the phone. It was less than a half hour, probably 20 minutes. I was calling him, telling him that she was gone. And, you know, I, I'm just very thankful that he did get that phone call. I can't imagine if he hadn't had that last goodbye. And so taking the time to understand and appreciate how important the little things are, telling people you love them, telling them goodbye, giving them a hug, giving them a kiss, you know, we do take for granted sometimes. You don't know when it's going to be the last time you see someone. And so those little simple things in life are very significant and very important in um, doing them and then also following that inner voice, that, that little nudge that's telling you to do something do it. Even if it seems odd, do it. Do what you're being nudged to do. And um, so at that point, when we left um, our restaurant for lunch, we were led by the tour guides on a very, um, very dangerous road. It was a very sharp, um, very, very steep uphill, very sharp turn in the road. And uh, Brooke was ahead of me, me myself and uh, George, my significant other, he was um, in, at the back, and then Brooke, the three of us were um, at the end of the entire group of 12 ATVs. And as I came up around the bend on this turn, her friend was screaming hysterically in this ear-piercing piercing scream that I just had never, ever experienced before. I, I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't really grasp it. I couldn't. My, my brain couldn't even process what was happening. And she was telling me that Brooke had driven straight off the cliff and straight off the road. And when I peered over the road, I looked over, and all I could see was the ocean below. And instantly inside of me, I knew I a mother just feels it. And I instantly called her father and said that we had just lost Brooke. And when George made it up the turn, he secured his ATV and he ran down to try to find a way down the cliff to get to Brooke. It was a well over 200-foot cliff. I think it was like 270 feet. So uh, it was quite a chore for him to get down there. But I could feel it. Um, took some time for the rest of the group to come back. And a lot, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of shock and a lot of, a lot of emotion in there that just is uh, very surreal that I look back at now and I just, it doesn't even feel like it was my life. I don't really focus on that part of it anymore. I don't really think about it. Fortunately, I've been able to get that out of my mind and not focus on that. I focus more on the beauty of her going to heaven and the peace that I feel with where she is and the good that she's doing and the lives that she's helping. But for a period of time, you know, the image and the trauma from that scene stuck with me and was very, very traumatic to try to get over. I'm going to um, stop you right there, Jennifer, and we're going to continue after the commercial break. Two lessons come out of that dialogue that we just heard, and one of those is to cherish the people around us and spend time to know that every single thing matters, whether it's a phone call, a hug, an embrace, uh, the time with someone, the attention to someone, the intention for someone, all of those things matter in making meaning of our experiences for however long or however short we have. In addition, 
it is imperative that we learn to trust our intuition, that we go with our gut feelings, that we listen to the voices that tell us what it is that we need to do in each and every moment. Every parent's worst nightmare is the death of their child. Unfortunately, in Jennifer Scalise's circumstances, this nightmare had to come true. Abruptly, in a matter of seconds, her life changed forever, and as she screamed and pleaded for help, the desperate cries went ignored. This dream vacation in Costa Rica ended up being a tragic death of her 12-year-old daughter, Brooke Lauren Scalise. But this is not where the story ends. It does actually unfold into something where there is peace, where there is love, where there are gifts of people that have been supported, and most especially the uncovering of an amazing faith and connection that this child had with her creator. We'll be right back with Jennifer Scalise. The book is entitled A Mother's Journey of Life of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond. A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond. A True Story by Jennifer Scalise. You can find out more at jenniferscaliseauthor.com. That's Jennifer, S-C-A-L-I-S-E, author.com. We'll be right back. The Change, the 7th Wave Channel, on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. This story has touched the lives of many, and Brooke Scalise's legacy as a 12-year-old has had greater impact than most of us will ever have. While the loss was so tragic, it is clearly evident that her life was for a greater purpose. Brooke Scalise left many precious gifts in writing that that were found after her death indicated her amazing faith, which has helped her family cope. She included letters to God, one written as close as two weeks prior to the death, in which she wrote, Thank you, God, for always being there for me. Please help my mom understand we were made for you. Although they were not a religious family, Brooke had an amazing faith, and God clearly guided her life. Since her death... 
they've received so many wonderful reassurances that they have peace in knowing that her soul was prepared for its journey home. The book is entitled A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Living On. And you can find out more at jenniferscalisiauthor.com. That's jennifer, S-C-A-L-I-S-E, author.com. Jennifer, welcome back. I want to talk a little bit about um, coming back from that experience and finding the letter, finding so many amazing representations of Brooke's really deep connection to God where did that where do you think that faith or knowing came from for her well i will say that the babysitter um first first of all i will say most of it came from within um my it's a time having raised her um and been her mother and the closest person to her I thought that a lot of it had come from, you know, the years that she spent with the babysitter. Um, My children have a wonderful babysitter, Teresa, that has raised all three of them, who is, you know, a a very devout Christian. And I I thought, you know, a lot of it um, was inspired by Teresa. But as I learned more, I also realized that Brooke had been the one that would always ask to watch movies there. And she is the one that had encouraged it, and um, I can. I later started finding things that she was drawing when she was before five of angels and all kinds of things that go back to um, things to do with God and writings that she had done that were from a very, very young age. So I don't think it was anything that anybody else uh, inspired on her, I think it really came from within her. And I believe that Brooke honestly knew, um, I believe her soul knew that her journey was going to be what it was and that her time here was going to be, um, was going to be limited. Um, when I came home and found the letter that you just had read, you know, I was, I was very, very startled. And, over the period of a couple of days as we were going through her room and pulling out things for the celebration of her life, um, I will continue to find things that I just, I, I couldn't even believe that I, I wasn't aware of some of the things that she had written. And honestly, she had a couple friends that she was very close with that did go to church on a very regular basis. And I thought initially that Brooke had a lot of her desires for wanting to go to church and some of the things that she had said, I thought they were stemming more from because that's what she saw her friends doing. And come to find out and talking to her friends, they really looked up to Brooke, and Brooke was the one that would give them really um, their guidance, and she was the one that really was the leader in terms of her faith and uh, how she how she looked up to God and how she always spoke openly about her feelings and never held back, didn't matter how people felt about it. Um, And 
all along, I wasn't aware of this. And, you know, just some of the obvious things that she had, everything from post-it notes around her room saying, I love God, I love Jesus, and her school notebooks that said, I love God, I love Jesus. I mean, everywhere you turned, there was something she had written that. And simple school papers that, you know, from a public school were in an assignment where she's asked to describe, you know, what is important to you. Her answer was, God, my family, friends are all important to me. Who do you look up to? I look up to God, Jesus, and my parents. And what is your favorite place or environment? And she goes on to describe exactly where it is that she passed. Um, My favorite place is at the ocean in the mountains, exactly where Brooke left her physical body. And I look at that and, you know, it gives me peace in knowing that she was able to be exactly where she would have wanted to be in a very beautiful place and the way that everything fell out so that in the end I didn't I didn't see her. No one actually saw her um, in terms of her, even her siblings were there. They weren't even able to even see over the side of the cliff. So it was it was a very unique set of circumstances that in some ways shielded us from some of the trauma. And well, it's I, I very wouldn't... evident. I mean, just in one of the pictures that touched me so profoundly in the book, and it is the uh, the picture of the return of the prodigal son by Rembrandt, where she uh, has written God and and placed that down there for uh, you know the larger figure, and then for the smaller figure, she has an arrow and has me written there going into that. So there was obviously definitely the knowing of a soul contract. And if you believe that, well, first of all, what were your beliefs prior to this time about death and and what can happen and what it all means? And how has that shifted in the course of this journey uh, through the pain into peace and now being kind of a way shower for others that are going through grief? Well, I will I will first say, going back to that picture, yes, that picture is, was one of the most startling discoveries that um that I that I found. And it, you had to really look close because it's written in pen and so it's an indentation um on the original. You have to look kinda of close to see that where it's written and then to even see where she circled a line with a circle which ultimately was where her largest injury and the place of impact was that caused her death, when I later discovered that, I I was beyond startled. Um, but my my experience with death was it's something I've been through before because my father uh, took his own life when I was 10. And I, I had always hoped that heaven was real. And I wanted to believe that our lives, you know, continued and but I, I won't say that by any means that I was sure of it. It was a it was a hope, and it was something that I, you know, I I didn't have any kind of reassurance or comfort like I do today. Um, I, I had a tremendous fear of dying. Um, I had a fear of anybody I love dying. Whereas now I almost have to be cautious to not be insensitive, because now. 
I understand with certainty that there's no doubt when someone passes that their soul continues. I know that Brooke is with me every day. I feel very, very connected to her. And so I have to be very careful now to make sure that people understand that I'm not being insensitive if I don't seem as upset to some of the things that I hear now. It's just that I've gone on to find such great peace that I'm able to hear these stories and and accept them and know with certainty that their loved one is is there with them. So I've definitely evolved to a very different place from where I would have ever imagined that I'd be. And I would have to say that the The thing for me that is the most, I guess, the most reassuring or the, the way that I would look at it to say that without a doubt, I know positively that I've, I've reached a level of understanding without any doubt is if someone came to me and said, could, if, hypothetically, if we could press the rewind button and you could do that day over, would you? And I spoke to a grief group last night, and I shared with them, and I said, I can honestly say that I would say no. I know this is what Brooke would want. I know that she is touching and helping so many people. I know that she is in, I I mean, I can feel her. I can close my eyes and feel her joy. I can feel her happiness. I can feel her dancing around. And... I know that doing what I'm doing and sharing her story and helping others try to find this peace and um, be able to have confidence that absolutely with certainty our souls do continue on, that I'm doing what my purpose is and what I'm supposed to do. I'm fulfilling that. She's fulfilling hers. And I don't think for the selfish reasons of being able to physically hug her or have that moment in time right then and there, I don't, I wouldn't press rewind to do it for the selfishness of it. I know that what has happened is what was destined to be. My guest today is Jennifer Scalisi, and she has written A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond. I'd like to continue reading that first letter that is at the beginning of this book that is so touching and so full of wisdom. This is from Brooke Scalisi. Uh, who died at the age of 12. From a very young age, I felt a deep connection with God. I did not go to church often, and my family was not very religious, but God's presence guided my life, and I had amazing faith. My leaving this world came as a complete shock to many, but not to God. He knows the end from the beginning. Deep down, my soul knew, too. As hard as it is for those who love me to accept, I was prepared for my journey home. While I miss my loved ones very much, I'm so thankful for our almost 13 beautiful years together on earth. Even though I no longer by their sides physically, I am forever with those I love. I continue to send reassurances to my family and friends, giving them the peace of mind of knowing that there is no death, only life. I am at peace now and have returned home. I understand eternal life, and while to most it seems like it will be forever before we're together again, relative to eternity, it will be soon. I promise. I know my parents and grandparents want to return home to be with me, but they must understand that there is a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. We all need to be open to God's plan for us. 
Soon enough, though, we will be reunited and they will be homesick no more. The saddest part of my story is that my death resulted from complete negligence and a careless lack of regard for human safety. Changes must be made to prevent this type of tragedy from occurring again. I thank the many people who have helped my family start making those changes. I thank them for all they're doing to help us protect other innocent tourists from experiences like ours. Countless others have helped my suffering family. It makes me proud to see such support offered during their time of need. What is it like to die? As I headed up the dangerous road, I had no idea what lay ahead of me. There were no warnings, signs, or guardrails, and no cautioning signals from the guide as he raced ahead so fast that none of us could keep up. The sharp turn came up so suddenly, so quickly, that I had no way to stop. The dangerous spot was a tragedy waiting to happen. I didn't see the turn and at all, and I didn't know what was happening until I started the 260-foot fall. I felt no pain. God immediately opened his arms and caught me. He lifted my soul home to the eternal shores of heaven as my physical body rested on the shores below. Deep down, I believe my soul always knew my time here would be short. Although it has been a tough road of discovery, my family now understands the purpose of my life. There are no such things as coincidences in life. Many things happened before and after my death as part of the plan to help me spread heaven's eternal message. The book is entitled A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond, A True Story, and the author is Jennifer Scalisi. You can find out more at jenniferscaliseauthor.com. We'll be right back. visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Jennifer Scalisi, and she's here to support individuals in understanding that everything has meaning and purpose. 
This occurred through experiencing the loss of her own child, Brooke Scalisi, in a tragic accident on vacation that need not have happened. But this was a very special child, one that had tremendous faith and belief in God and literally seemed to have a sense of her sole purpose, her sole contract on this planet. Writings, pictures, journaling, drawings, many things were left behind that kind of left a trail, allowing Jennifer Scalisi and her family to have a roadway back to peace after losing their beloved child, Brooke. The book is entitled A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond, and it is a true story, but it is a story that is actually benefiting and healing many people and also causing change by assisting uh, different places to really make sure that their safety requirements and the needs for tourists are enacted in a better way so that another person doesn't have to experience the same type of tragedy. Jennifer, as we get back into the conversation, what do you think your soul contract was with Brooke? Obviously, her soul contract was to experience this and was to be this messenger of hope that we are eternal beings and of light and love to illustrate what true faith is and true devotion and connection to the divine is. What do you think your soul contract was in this experience? Well, I think that Brooke absolutely knows that I am a very determined person, and I've always been, if there's a will, there's a way. Uh, I don't let anything get in my way. If I believe in something, I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely accomplish it. And I think that it was, it was to make sure that the message, the messages, there's multiple that she wanted to share, obviously faith being first. She wanted to make sure that people understand that it is real that our um, our lives continue and that you need to have accountability to, to God and that uh, you need to understand that this, you know, you, you don't, um, you don't, when you pass away, it's, it's not the end. You have something that you have to live for and a reason to have passion and a reason to, um, to want to do things right and to be a better person. Um, and by driving her beliefs and sharing the faith message along with helping children um, through her foundation, we have a non-for-profit organization, the Brooks Scalise Foundation. We did about 70 church camp scholarships. doesn't matter any religion. Uh, anytime there's a child in need that wants to further their relationship with God, in some form of a camp or retreat, anything like that, the foundation is willing to pay for it. Um, and we have a very diverse group that we have um, we've awarded the scholarships to, and I think that she knew that we would kind of keep her legacy going through that. Um, I think there's some uh, very very critical messages in helping people with grief. So many people, it's it's so hard because we're so caught up on traditions that I think a lot of the sadness that surrounds death is brought on by how we do things. And Brooke was such a beautiful, alive child that I absolutely refused to have anything tied to death with her. And... 
did have to, you know, have some compromises because of her dad. So there were a couple things that I would have completely foregone altogether, but we had to have balance. But we did not have service at a um, at a funeral home. We did it at the ho- at the house where kids could run around freely, look at all the things that she had done, and I hung letters and artwork everywhere. We had videos playing everywhere of her laughing, having fun. Kids were jumping on trampolines, and it was a celebration. And it was a much it was it it brought on a much more positive feeling than if you were standing in a funeral home with a casket of a child. And so so often these customs that we follow, and I think that there's a message here too in you, when you lose someone you love and you're going through grief, you have to almost be selfish and find a way of what's going to make you feel good, but... Also, you can you can celebrate their life. That doesn't always have to be just sadness. And by trying to help other people, if they can lose that fear of death or the sadness associated with the ones that pass, it the baggage that you carry with that, um, the transformation of where I was for a period of a couple years to where I've ended up, to where how I feel now. And the lightness in my soul, the the joy, the happiness, what I can go inside myself and feel and how I can connect with Brooke, this relationship that I can have, it's it's just amazing. And so much of our life is really, it is in our mind, it is in our soul, it's going inside of ourselves. But I want to also make sure that people understand, because you you did take the time to grieve, and and people need to express that emotion and allow it to come out, Um, because I don't want people to misconstrue that you're saying that you should not grieve in that way if that's the way that it needs to happen, that it has to allow itself to unfold. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. For for two years, I was in, I went, went through a complete process of grief, and in the book... I detail that out intentionally so that the reader can feel themselves walking with me through that and see as I'm going through those stages of grief because it is it is a very long process and it may take it may take someone much longer to to reach a place of peace. Um, my you said something very important in the last segment as well, Jennifer, and it's a very radical way of thinking, but I want people to contemplate this because Don Miguel Ruiz said the very same thing on a show last year, and it was that when someone leaves us to go on to their next experience, um, and it isn't death, it's actually birth into a different form, but when someone leaves us that we call death, that it's actually our selfishness, it is our pain of losing that person and wanting to be selfish to hold on to them that's really existing. They have actually become free. And again, that's a very radical experience for a lot of people to take, but we have to recognize that that continuous grief or continuous longing is the selfishness that we're holding on to. Well, I think there's also a very important aspect that is very difficult for us in in this realm, in the human realm, to grasp, um, and that is 
that is that eternal time element. You know, I, I look down, I look at Brooke, and I think of her. She looks down on me, and I think of Brooke thinking, you know, she, and, she, and she's next to me often, and I know she's with me all the time. I think of her thinking, wow, we, you know, we have together forever, forever. <laughs> and, okay, so from the perspective of the human realm, she's not here sitting next to me, but maybe... Maybe 40 more years I'll have of that. But from that point forward, I'll have eternity with her. So in her perspective, because now she understands eternity, 40 years is a blip. It's nothing. So it's, it's a different concept that's very hard for us, in my opinion, to grasp from a human standpoint. My guest today is Jennifer Scalisi, and she is the author of A Mother's Journey, of love, loss, and life beyond. It allows you insight into a tragedy that occurs, the loss of a child, but also the unfolding developments of finding out about the faith, innocence, and trust of a 12-year-old girl and how messages left behind rebuild a pathway back to peace for her mother and her family and the people that knew her. As this journey is chronicled, you go through the experiences of grief that lasted over a two-year period as Jennifer Scalisi picks up the pieces to put her life back together, but also starts to discover a broadened, more expansive view about life, death, and eternity. You can connect with Jennifer Scalisi at jenniferscaliciauthor.com. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. My guest today has been Jennifer Scalisi, and we've been talking about her book, A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond. 
Before we get back to Jennifer, I do want to invite you to visit 1111mag.com. Access 1111 Magazine, which has been gifted freely to humanity, the current issue and all archived issues. Allow yourself to be supported and have that gift so that you can get through whatever you're going through, so that you can have some tools and wisdom and insight to expand your view and allow you to have a place that feels safe to come to where you can read the words that always support you. Jennifer Scalisi wrote the true story of her daughter, Brooke, who passed away at 12 years old due to a tragic accident on vacation. A Mother's Journey of Love, Life, Love, Loss, and Life Beyond is the name of the book, and you can connect with her at jenniferscalisiauthor.com. I'm going to read one last poem that was written by, uh, by Blake Scalisi in 2011. The days before the pain, life was sincere. Given these hardships, I know that you're still here. Rain fell upon us with no end in near. The days went by, stolen from us, left with tears. So young, yet so near, no one deserves this. No end in sight. The past too far gone, why can't she come back? Her time brought to dawn. My life dissolves among the time. Without her here, just come back to me. Come back home. This was the words of, of, that needed to be expressed to let go of the, the humanness, the human side that needed to, to express to know that you've lost something that you want, but maybe not quite at the point of realizing that she's still there. Speak about that, Jennifer. I think that has been the hardest the hardest thing for me is seeing the pain honestly that her brother has gone through because they were only 18 months apart and Blake's entire life Brooke has been you know or Brooke you know since she was born his first first 18 months you know he was without her but after that they were inseparable and it has been a process seeing him struggling first, trying to be a strength as I fell apart and his father fell apart for the first year. Um, Blake had to really take a lead role. And then he later was hit very hard with post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, fortunately, he found a way to express his grief and... Um, like Brooke and myself, um, found that writing was a good outlet. And uh, he has some very deep, very, very amazing poems that he has written and where he um, uses them as an outlet for his emotions and his feelings. And I think that process has been very healing for him. He has um, gone on to reach a very good place now and um, extremely happy to say that you know he's 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 doing wonderful, and i I think our whole family is, but it doesn't mean we don't have sadness i don't I don't want to portray that because that's anytime you have a significant loss like this, there's always going to be a triggered moment i mean it it happens at the strangest times something will trigger one of us, and we'll break down. Well, and the fact of the matter is, is we don't know our soul contract until we're living it out. And to be impacted by something like that at such a young age like Blake was, like your other children have been, obviously means that there is a greater purpose that this holds in their life that is going to lead to touching other people in a certain way, whether it is expressing from the heart with such beauty that it allows other people 
to come to tears and release held emotion or being the example of strength by working through and using your creative abilities. There's so many ways that our gifts show up for other people. What is your vision for this book and to help other people in these last couple of minutes that we have so that we can put that out there to the world to let them understand what you really want to do in service for people through this uh, through this experience with Brooke? What I hope is for people to become more aware and to, to read this and to, to go, wow, I haven't thought about that. Or this, this makes me realize that obviously our loved ones do continue on. And while not everyone is likely to have as many experiences as I was blessed enough to have with Brooke, I believe that part of the reason that I've had so many with Brooke is because it's it's our purpose to share these and, you know, to put them out there. You know, she is a character that is going to allow people to relate to her and uh, her personality. She's so lovable because of just the amazing strength and inspiration that she is for many. And with my determination to be able to share this and put this out there for people to, to experience, um, but maybe they don't have the level of them, but it opens their eyes to thinking differently, to realizing, yes, I do have faith that it, it, this is real. You, you know, our souls do continue. Our loved ones are with us. It does hurt that they're not here with me, but I can know with peace that they've continued on. I can continue this relationship um, in my soul, in my heart. I can keep their memory very alive, and they'll live on forever in our heart and our memories. And you know, with peace that you'll be reunited again someday. And so if you can have this outlook and this reassurance, know with certainty, you view death so different than when you don't have that faith and certainty. And if I can just help other people have that, it's so much easier to deal with the grief process. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for being on 1111 Talk Radio and sharing this amazing story and also the wonderful insight that you have gotten. Um, thank you for letting us be introduced to Brooke and all of her beautiful gifts that she is still continuously giving. In the days that followed a tragedy that took Brooke Scalise's life, hidden discoveries in a series of simultaneous events, too parallel to be deemed coincidence, revealed that Brooke's life had a greater purpose and that her soul had been preparing for the journey home. As she begins to unravel her daughter's messages somewhere between conviction and proof, Jennifer Scalise finds an unshakable faith in eternal life and serenity in knowing that Brooke remains by her side with a loving unabridged by death. You can connect with Jennifer Scalise at jenniferscaliseauthor.com. Again, the name of the book is A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss, and Life Beyond. I look forward to talking to you again next week with another wonderful author. I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. 